Thank you, worship team. I appreciate appreciate the good singing this morning. Amen. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, uh, I want to put in a little plug for Wednesday night. I forgot to mention that, Wednesday night church. And uh, looking forward to Wednesday night. We'll be picking back up Wednesday night. Anybody that's here on Wednesday night, remember where we're at? James chapter 5. We're in James chapter 5 on Wednesday nights. So we'll be picking up there this Wednesday night. So come and be a part of that service and the worship and the Word of God and the teaching. And um, it's been good. It will be good. I'll guarantee you'll get something out of it. If you come expecting to get something out of it, you will receive something from it. Amen. I, uh, I, I really, really believe that the days in which we live today, we cannot get too much of God's Word in our hearts and lives. We need the Word of God more than ever before. And so I encourage you to come on Wednesday nights for our teaching and our uh, prayer meetings on Tuesdays and Saturdays, I've, because of different things, I've had to miss a couple of the last couple of prayer meetings, and so I'm uh, I'm missing that. I'm ready to get back Tuesday into prayer meetings. So, if you are able to join us on Tuesdays, please do so. Eleven o'clock and Saturday mornings at eleven o'clock as well. Amen. This Saturday, this yesterday, I didn't get to be here. I was over watching some of our um, some of our teens, our students here at Abundant Life graduate from high school. Amen. <laughs> and uh, Mackenzie's not here this morning. She graduated yesterday, and Colin graduated high school yesterday. Amen. And Cordell. And so we're proud of them, and we thank the Lord for them, and uh, I'm glad we were able to be there to see that, uh, that, that important event and time in their life. Amen. We're proud of our kids here at Abundant Life Family Church. Open your Bibles to Mark, Mark's Gospel again this morning, the 11th chapter. I, I was debating, I don't know if that's a good word, uh, debate. I, I, was, I was in a quandary. I don't know if that's a good word either, but I was trying to figure out for sure what to preach this morning. I have a couple of messages. I know we're in Mark on Sunday mornings. We've been, we got back into Mark's gospel last Sunday talking about the fig tree and Jesus cursing the fig tree and the fruit that he's looking for in our lives. And so, um, I was, I, was, I was debating whether to preach from Mark 11 this morning, the message I had, or, or to go a different direction, and I, and, and I felt like I got the leading of the Lord this morning in my study here at the church after prayer, and the Lord directed me to go to Mark, and then um, they, the worship team led us in a song about moving mountains and uh, Mount Faith and Mountain Moving Faith and a couple of the songs that we, that we worship songs we did this morning fit right in with the text that I want to cover this morning. And uh, so turn to Mark 11. Now tonight, I want to encourage you to come tonight. If I, if I'm, if I minister on what I, I believe the Lord's giving me 
if enough people are here that want to hear it, uh, I want to share tonight from the Word of God. Um, I want us to try to connect a few prophetic dots tonight from the Scripture, if, if, if we can do that. And I, that's, that was where my quandary and my debate within my own heart was this morning, was do I, Lord, do I do this Sunday morning, Sunday night? And so I believe we'll do it tonight. But I do want to encourage you to come tonight be a part of the Sunday night service. Uh, I'm going to try to, we may cut, we may, we may um, cut our worship time a little shorter tonight. I, not that I would ever be long-winded, but uh, I, just wanna, <laughs> I just want to make sure that I have enough time to cover the material that I want to cover tonight. Um, in the message tonight. I was preparing this the, the, this uh, message the last couple of days, and, and yesterday I was doing some research on, on, this, on a particular topic that I want to cover in this message, and, and my cousin sent me, she didn't know what I was studying, what I was doing, and all of a sudden I got a message through Messenger, and uh, I clicked on it, and, and, and uh, you know, I'm always getting people sending me stuff, and, and that's good. That's great. I, I want to keep abreast of what's going on. And anyway, she sent me a video, and I thought, well, you know, I don't really have time right now, but I just clicked on it, and, and the video that she sent me was information um, concerning what I was researching at that particular time. So I, t- I texted her back and I said, coincidence? I told her what I was preparing. I said, coincidence? Another one of those God coincidence things. But anyway, um, we're living, you know, we're living in, in some, some different times. We're living in the end times. We're in the, we're in the final hours of this church age, ladies and gentlemen. Believe me when I say that. We're in the final hours of this church age. So I want to deal with some things tonight concerning prophecy a, a little bit and, 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 and just what, what's ahead for us, what we're looking at. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of questions about um, in, during this pandemic and, and with COVID-19 and uh, a vaccine that's on the way that they're working on. And um, will it be mandatory? Will the COVID-19 vaccine lead to the mark of the beast? Um, We want to talk about some of that tonight, okay? And what is the mark of the beast? When is that going to take place? What's, what's all that going to incorporate? You've heard it all your life, haven't you, about, you know, the, the, the mark of the beast, the number of his name, his, his number is 666. You've heard that all your life. I've heard it all my life. But let me tell you something. We are at the place right now where the technology and and what we see happening right now, the last four months, we're right there for this to be incorporated by the Antichrist. So do your best to come tonight. We'll discuss some of these things, the Lord willing, and, and, uh, and see what the Bible says and try to put some things together, connect some, uh, some prophetic dots, if you will, okay? All right, so right now we're in Mark chapter 11. Chapter 11, and uh, I'm going to begin reading with verse 
number 20, verse number 20. All right, Mark 11 and verse number 20. Amen. And I want to, uh, I'm reading from the New King James. It says, now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered, notice verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. If there's one thing that you need to get a hold of today, in this last day is that you and I need to have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes, but believes that those things which he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Praise God. Woo, I feel that today. Therefore, because of that faith principle, therefore, I say to you, whatever thing, You ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive... Neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Boy, that's, that's powerful stuff right there. My, I better take my coat off for that. That's, pow- that's powerful. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning on the thought, on the subject of mountain-moving faith. Mountain-moving faith. That's what we need today mountain moving faith. Father, thank you for your word. I ask you today that you will help me to minister your word this morning, that you will give me the words to say, that you will, that you will just speak through me today and let the anointing of the Holy Spirit rest upon my life today as I minister to your people. And, and that same anointing, God, may it open our hearts our eyes, our ears, our understanding that we will hear and receive the word. And as, as I minister today, let faith come alive. Let faith, we, need, we, need, we need a greater measure of faith in our lives today, Lord. Build our faith, encourage our faith, strengthen our faith. And Lord, that the mountains that stand in our way, the mountains that, that have obstacles and the hindrances be removed by the faith of Jesus Christ in our lives today. We'll give you the praise for it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. And amen. I believe today, I think everybody would have to agree that faith, faith in God, not just faith itself, but faith in God is a powerful force, a very powerful thing. And and it is something, when we talk about faith, faith is something that every believer possesses. 
And I want you to get a hold of that today because I know that a lot of times I've heard Christians over the years say, well, I just, Pastor, I just don't have the faith. My grandma used to say that, and I'd be encouraging her to believe. And I, she said, well, Ricky, I just don't have the faith that you have. And little did she know, I was struggling myself. But, uh, but, but we don't ever want to, to come to that place where we think that we don't have faith. And that's something that the enemy tells people all the time. Well, you just don't have faith. The fact is, if you are a believer, if you're a child of God, that it took faith, number one, to get you into the family of God. You were saved by faith, and that faith that got you born again was even not of yourself, but it itself was the gift of God that God gave you the faith to believe for salvation. And so the Bible tells us in, in Romans chapter 12, that God has given, Romans 12, 3, that God has given to every believer the measure of faith. So, so don't ever think that you don't have faith. Faith is something that you, as a child of God, do possess. And so Jesus here, when he was, when, when he, had, he had cursed this fig tree, it had dried up from the roots. And when they came back by the next day, and we talked about this last week, and they brought to the attention of Jesus that the leaves were dead, the tree was dried up from the roots, and Jesus' response to them was, have faith in God. And literally, Mark eleven twenty two, literally, literally says, have the faith of God. Have the faith of God. So God empowers his children to believe him and to glorify him through the power of faith in him. Faith, as I said, is a gift of God. Faith is, uh, the measure of faith is something that God places in the heart and life of every believer. But then what you and I do with that faith depends on how effective that faith is going to be. That faith has to be nurtured. It has to be developed. It has to be, um, it, it can grow, amen? Your faith, you know, there's different kinds. The Bible talks about those who have little faith, those who have, have great faith. And uh, faith can grow, and it should be growing, and it should be increasing in our life. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So right now, as you're sitting in this service, and the teaching and the preaching of the words going forth, if you will receive it, this message is intended to build your faith. That's the purpose of what I'm going to preach and teach this morning, is to strengthen your faith, to build your faith, to encourage your faith. Peter, Jesus prayed, told Peter that he had prayed for him. He said, you're going to be, uh, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith does not fail. So we need a strengthening of our faith. How many would agree with that this morning? So it's God who gives us faith and he empowers us as his children to believe him and to glorify him uh, through the power of faith in him. Now listen, I, I think it goes without saying today that the outworking of faith in the lives of God's people has allowed God's people to experience demonstrations of God's power that will that literally boggle the mind. 
When you read the 11th chapter of Hebrews, when you read through the Old and the New Testaments, when you, when you see the accomplishments and the things that God has done for his people in answer to prayer and as a result of their faith in him, I mean it is literally mind-boggling and mind-blowing because we serve a mighty, mighty, mighty God today. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. When you read in the, in the Bible, you read, a, 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 of course, about Joshua, how that he commanded the sun to stand still and it obeyed him so he could finish the battle. Amen. Um, it was an act of faith. It was faith that God had dropped into his heart for that particular occasion. We read about, and I preached not too long ago, about those three Hebrew boys that were protected from the fiery furnace through their faith and their trust and their belief in God. We read about Joshua and Caleb and about, oh, Caleb, how that at 85 years of age, oh, Caleb stood up and said, hey, I'm just as strong today at 85 as I was when I was 45. I hope I can say that, praise God. Amen. <laughs> I'm just as strong as I was when I was 45. And he said, I want that mountain. It was through faith that Caleb was able to go in to that mountain and drive out the giants and take the possession of what God had promised him. It was through faith that Daniel was saved from a den of hungry lions because he believed in his God. It was because of faith, faith in the heart of a little teenage shepherd boy by the name of David that would march down into the valley and face a giant Goliath with nothing but a sling shot and five smooth stones when everybody else in the army of Israel was shaking and quaking in their boots one little old teenage boy against all odds went down there and stood and opposed the enemy and came back victorious because he had faith in his God somebody ought to say amen glory to God when you read about a woman that had an issue of blood a disease for 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and could not get any better but rather grew worse. But faith rose in her heart one day and she heard about Jesus and pressed through the crowd and she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I will be made whole. And immediately the issue of blood dried up and she was healed because she had faith in her God. Come on, somebody. Amen. We read in the book of Hebrews how that God gives many, many, many examples of what faith will do and the power of faith um, in the book of Hebrews. I won't take time to read it all, but, but, but the, the last few verses of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 32 says and what more and he had just told about how through faith Moses and how through faith Abraham and how through faith uh, Jacob and all of these great patriarchs of God what they did because they believed God and then he says this in verse 32 and what more shall I say for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and also 
of David and Samuel and of the prophet, prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness they were made strong, became valiant in battle and turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they may obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourging, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins being destitute and afflicted and tormented of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth and all these having obtained a good testimony through faith. I'm telling you, faith in God will do the miraculous today, even in this day in which we live in today. When we exercise big biblical faith in God and faith in his promises, we can and we should expect amazing results. Are you listening to me? Oh, hallelujah. Read that 11th chapter of Hebrews and see what faith will do for you. Mountains can be removed and mountains will be removed if we will exercise the faith that God has given us. Mountain moving faith is something that can be, uh, that's something that is in the reach of anyone. Faith is the first step. And I want you to get this because, because we all want to live a life of victory and we all face um, situations and we face problems and we face mountains. But the very first step in your victory is faith. Whatever your problem, whatever your mountain, Jesus Christ is saying that faith in God has unlimited power. And that is what he's teaching here in this 11th chapter of Mark. That faith in God, this is what he was telling his disciples. This was the object lesson, one of the object lessons that he was giving to them. Amen. When he pointed there, they, 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 they brought to his mind what had happened to the fig tree and now Jesus is going to use the Mount of Olives and the Dead Sea. And he says, if you'll say to this mountain, be removed and cast into that sea, it will do, it will obey you, it will do that. What was he saying to them? What was he using that mountain and that sea as an object lesson of? As the fact that faith in God will perform the impossible. Faith in God will move the Lord's hand. Faith in God will get something done that nothing else can do. Hallelujah. If you and I as his people will have faith in God and if there ever was a day, ladies and gentlemen, that the church needed to build up our faith again and have faith again and come out of our defeat and believe God and mountains it's today that we live in today hallelujah hallelujah if Satan can get you to think that your problem is beyond solution then he has won the battle but all things the Bible says are possible with God amen I want us to look number one this morning at the object of mountain moving faith 
the object of mountain-moving faith. He said, verse 22, have faith in God. The disciples uh, amazed at that fig tree, and Jesus says, have faith in God. So the emphasis is God as the, uh, faith has to have an object. You, you, you're believing, faith is believing, but there has to be an object of who we're believing or what we're believing. And so Jesus is telling them to have faith in God, and the emphasis is uh, on God, the, in the Greek especially, is the emphasis is on God as the object of our faith. We must have a deep-settled, consistent, ongoing confidence in who God is. Are you with me? In who he is, in what he said, in what he has done, and in what he will do. That's where our faith has got to be anchored today. Faith in God speaks of several aspects of God, which I want to touch on this morning. But it is a faith in God, true biblical faith, New Testament faith is a faith in God, in the Lord Jesus Christ, and what Jesus did and accomplished for us on the cross of Calvary, amen. Because let me tell you, every benefit that you'll receive, everything, we talked about this this morning, everything that you'll receive in this life, let me back up, let me say it this way, everything that you need in this life has already been bought and paid for at the cross through the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. It's all a done deal. The battle has already been fought and won. Amen. There's a fight of faith now that has to be uh, fought on the, on, the, on the side of the believer, in the life of the believer. But our faith has got to be in Christ and what he has done at the cross, believing for those benefits, claiming those benefits that he's provided for us. So faith in God, when we say faith, in God, it is a faith in God's person. See, you are you got to know who God is today. You got to know who He is. God is your Father if you're born again today, if you're saved. And you have to understand that as a heavenly Father, God loves you, He cares for you, He's concerned about everything that comes into your life and everything that touches your life. He's concerned about every need that you have, He cares about every need in your life. And God, your heavenly Father, invites you to come to Him and bring all of your needs all of your burdens, all of your cares, all of your concerns to him. Peter said in 1 Peter 5 and 7 that we're to cast all of our care upon the Lord for he cares for us, amen? The Bible invites us to come boldly. The writer of Hebrews said to come boldly before the throne of grace. Paul told the church at Philippi, uh, he said don't worry about anything but pray about everything and the peace of God will 
will govern, will, will, will garrison about your heart and mind. Jesus said in, in Luke chapter 12, it is your heavenly Father's good pleasure to give to you the kingdom. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans that he will not, that he has, has freely given us all things. The psalmist said, can I go on? The psalmist said, you know, he will not, God will not withhold any good thing from them who walk uprightly before him. I'm trying to tell you today that when your faith is in God, in the person of God, that he is your father. You got to know who he is and believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. God, listen, God is for you. He's not against you. He's on your side. You got to believe that. You got to have faith in God, in who he is today. He is your heavenly father. Not only do you have faith in his person, but you've got to have faith in his promises. Woo, I'm about to have a running spell. Amen. I would run, but the camera can't follow me. <laughs> faith in his promises. People say, well, how do I, I don't know how to believe God. Believing God's word and believing his promises is believing him. That's, That's faith in God. Faith in his promises. Faith in what he has said. Now you, you know, we're talking about the mountain moving faith this morning that Jesus mentioned here in Mark chapter 11. But you can't have mountain moving faith without the promise, without a promise from God. And the Bible is full of promises. God has given us, the, the, the Peter said that we have been given exceeding great and precious promises. Amen. Just so many promises in the Word of God. We used to sing that little song, um, every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. Amen. And so the promises that he's giving us, given to us, belong to us. And we've got to believe those promises. As a matter of fact, uh, faith must rest on the promise of God. You must know what God has provided for you through the Lord Jesus Christ, through the finished work of the cross, amen? Because listen to me, saints, everything that's been provided through that sacrifice belongs to you today. It awaits your believing and it awaits your receiving of those promises. Um, we must accept God's word at face value for what it says. That is all important. Faith in God, as I said, is faith in his word. Believing God is believing his word. And you know Hebrews 11 and 6, it says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must. It's not, a, it's not an option there. He said, he that cometh, everyone that comes to God must believe. 
And believe what? Must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. We must believe that he is. That he is what? That he is God. That he is almighty. That he is the alpha and the omega. We must believe, in other words, that he is able and he can do what he said that he would do it's and and it's not just that but he said that he is and that he is a rewarder what does that mean not only that he has the power not only that he has the the ability but that he is a rewarder in other words he's willing to do what he said that he would do well those are some things that we as believers are expected to believe about God. Numbers 23, 19 says that God's not a man that he should lie. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll make it good. Amen? The Bible says in Romans 3 and 4, let God be true and every man a liar. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. The, this, this, this word here has the final say. Amen? The, what God has said in his word is the truth. And no matter what anybody else says, God is true and every man a liar. Hebrews, Hebrews 6.18 says that it is impossible for God to lie. So every time God says something, we know it's true because it's impossible. Is anything impossible with God? Yeah, it's impossible for him to tell a lie. When he speaks, he says the truth. Can I get an Amen. So you and I have to be to the place where we are fully convinced that his word is true and that he'll do what he says. That was the example that we have of of, uh, Abraham in the book of Romans in chapter number four. It says this concerning Abraham in verse 19, that Abraham was not weak in faith. He didn't consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced. The King James says fully persuaded. So you and I have to be fully persuaded, fully convinced, not partially, but fully convinced that what he has promised, he was also able to perform. In other words, you've got to believe that if God said it and if God promised it, be fully convinced that he will keep his word. God will not back away from a single promise that he has made. If we will stand fast and hold on, don't let go of the promise. Have faith in God. Have faith in his person. Have faith in his promise. But thirdly, you must have faith in his power. Come on, somebody. You gotta have faith in his power. We have got to have the confidence today when we put our confidence in the promise of God that God's got the power to do what he said that he would do. That he has the power to fulfill his promise and if he said it, then he has the power to do it. Are you with me? I know this is elementary stuff, but we got, we got to get back to the basics of believing in the power of God. We're living in a day. We're living in a day we're gonna need 
and experience the, the, the demonstration of the power of God again within our individual lives just as they experienced it in the Bible days. We're back to that again. We're not going to coast through life anymore. Those days are over. We're in a new normal now which is the old normal where we need to be believing God and his word and his power effective in our lives. Hallelujah to God. All of those I read to you there in Hebrews that what they went through, they came through. It never said anything in there about faith making them multimillionaires. But they quenched the violence of fire and they made it through lion's dens. And they suffered and they, they, they made it through the hardships of life through their faith in God. Glory be to the Lamb. We've got to have faith in his power. I think we would all agree that our God today is an awesome God and he possesses all power in heaven and earth. I think that we would all agree with Jeremiah. And Jeremiah says that there's nothing too hard for the Lord. I believe that we would agree with Job when Job says in Job 42, in verse number two, that God can do everything. Do you believe that today? Hallelujah. He can do everything. There's nothing that he cannot do. He is almighty. He is all powerful. He spoke these worlds into existence. He formed the body of our bodies from the dust of the earth and breathed the breath of life into us. We are fearful. Let me tell you, I don't see how anybody could be a physician, a doctor, a surgeon in no medical science and, and be an atheist at the same time and not believe in a creator. We are, uh, David said we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God made these bodies and the way these bodies operate and they function and the organs that he's put in there and created them to work and to function and everything that they do. My Lord, God made us. That's the God I'm talking about, the power of God that formed us, that created us, that gave us life. And I'm believing today, ladies and gentlemen, that the same God who formed me and made me can heal me when I need healing. Come on, he's still the almighty God and we must have faith in his power today. Hallelujah. He's almighty. He can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. So this is, this is the object of our faith. This is what your faith, when he says have faith in God, in God's person, in his promise, in his power, and in his purpose. You gotta believe in his purpose. He has a purpose in your life. Come on, amen. How many believes God has a plan and a purpose for your life? He does. 
And God's promises are always predicated on his particular will for our life. And I, t- I tell you, my desire today is to, is to do the will of, of God and to have the will of God in my life. It is for his plan and for his purpose for my life. And so prayer and faith, faith in God, listen to me, faith in God is also a faith in his purpose for my life. It is a consecration to the will of God. See, we don't want to hear that. I, a lot of people want me to, you know, just, just believe with me that this will happen or that will happen. And uh, do you have a promise for it? Number one, that's the first thing you got to know. Do you have a promise for what you're believing for? If you do, we can believe for that. But otherwise, we've got to, we've got to have faith in a God that has a purpose in your life for what you may be going through at that particular time in your life. It's a dedication. It's a consecration to God and to his will. His will for my life is of utmost importance. That is the most important thing in the world today, ladies and gentlemen, that you are in the will of God for your life. We've got to be in the will of God. And it's a consecration to that will. That's, that's what faith does. Faith does not try to force God to do something when it may not be the will of God or the wisdom of God. The Bible says in Proverbs 19, 21, there are many plans in man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. So there must be a faith in God as our object of our faith. His person promises power, his purpose. But listen, the opportunities of mountain-moving faith are tremendous. The faith here that Jesus is talking about, he was giving, as I said, an object lesson. They could see the Mount of Olives and the Dead Sea. And so Jesus gives this object lesson stating that moving a mountain, to to move that Mount of Olives and bury it in the Dead Sea is an impossibility. Are you with me? Would you agree? Would Would we all, can we agree on that? So Jesus wasn't literally saying to them, if you have enough faith, you can move that Mount of Olives into the Dead Sea. That's not what he was saying. Some believe that is what he was saying, that if they had enough faith, they could literally move the Mount of Olives. (laughs) If people had that kind of faith today, they'd be moving anything, wouldn't they? Anything that got in their way. But what the object lesson that he was teaching here, ladies and gentlemen, was that the moving of that mountain referred to something. That referred to something that was an impossibility. And we know that there are a lot of situations in life that we face that are impossibilities, that seem hopeless and uh, things that are insurmountable, that are too big to overcome. And that is what Jesus was pointing to here when he was speaking about moving mountains or mountain-moving faith. And one of the opportunities of mountain-moving faith is, is it does allow us 
it does allow us to believe God for the impossible. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus, that's the object he was teaching here is that if you will have faith and you will believe and you will not doubt that impossibilities are made possible in your life. Because God, you know, I mean, that's what God does. He's a God that, 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 that does the impossible, amen? He's a God that does. So Jesus is using the, the hardest thing imaginable to describe here the unlimited power of faith in God. And he is saying here that we must believe God in those impossible situations. That's the, that's the lesson he's teaching here. The possibilities of faith. That we must believe God when we face impossible situations. We can't give up. We can't throw in the towel. We can't we can't surrender or give in to the impossibilities but we must believe God in those situations remember that old chorus we used to sing years ago only believe only believe all things are possible only believe that is what Jesus said to the man the man with the uh, with the demon possessed son only believe if you believe all things are possible to him or her who believe we must have faith and believe God for the impossible situations in life and we're living in the day we're going to need to do that look what he says in verse 23 assuredly I say to you whoever says to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says, will be done, he will have whatever he says. Notice that Jesus puts mountain-moving faith in the reach of everyone. He says, whosoever. He, he didn't say, this is for the apostles, this is for preachers, this is just for a certain special class of people, but Jesus said that it's Whosoever, well, whosoever, are you a whosoever? Yes, sir. Huh? When I, when I read whosoever in the Bible, that means me, amen? Well, maybe it's whosoever but me. No, it means, it means everybody. I'm included in the whosoever. So he's putting mountain-moving faith within my reach. Hallelujah. I, that encourages me because Jesus is saying that if I will do this, that I have the possibility within in, in me today through faith in God to move the mountains that stand in my way. And so Jesus says, whosoever shall say. Now here, here I want to get into this just a lot. I've just got a few minutes and we're going to have to close. But this is the power of proper. Now listen to what I'm saying. This, where Jesus says, whosoever shall say. Would you agree with me that you have, faith has to say something. Yeah. Faith is not, it, it, it's in the heart, but it's expressed by, it's expressed vocally by what you say. With, with faith in the heart, it will, as faith, is, true faith is in the heart, it'll always come out of the mouth. And guess what? If doubt and unbelief's in the heart, it has a way of coming out too, doesn't it? 
Jesus said that out of the abundance, Jesus said whatever is in our heart in abundance, it's going to come out of our mouth sooner or later. Isn't that what he said? So Jesus here, he says, whosoever shall say. He's, he's, he's telling us that, 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 that we've got to speak our faith. Now, I know there has been a lot of teaching on this in the, in the years past that, have got, that has gotten way off base. Are you with me? The, 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 what we refer to as the word of faith teaching and the word of faith doctrine um, got way off base with the speaking the word or saying or confessing. But, but, but listen to what I'm going to tell you this morning. We cannot, and here's what's happened within the Pentecostal realms. What we did, they got off base and taught confession, um, the principle of confession in, in a, they just got off base with it. But what we've done then, we just threw the baby out with the bathwater. Are you with me? But y'all all got off, you're shouting a while ago, now you're just sitting there. <laughs> but we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. So I'm going to tell you today, there is, it's right here in this verse, there is a proper biblical scriptural teaching and doctrine of the positive confession of our faith. It's biblical. You can't, you can't throw that away. If you are, then you've got to cut this 23rd verse out of the Bible and throw it away along with a lot of other verses as well. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 10 that we're to hold fast to the profession or confession of our faith without wavering. So, so there is a speaking positively of the word of God or the faith that is in, my, in our heart and in our life. Are you with me? So that, what Jesus is giving us here is the, the power of a proper scriptural teaching on positive confession. Whatever we say shows where our faith actually is because faith always speaks and never remains silent. You had to confess, make a confession to get born again. Romans 8, I'm sorry, Romans 10, 8 through 10 tells us that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. For with the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made. Is that right? Amen? Well, he means confess your sins. We do, that's a neg the negative side of it. But Romans 10 is not talking about confessing sins. It's talking about making a confession of Jesus Christ, declaring him as the Lord of your life. That's faith that you believe that he died for you, that you believe that God raised him from the dead and you accept him as your Lord and Savior. That's how you got saved. Amen? It's with the heart you believe, with the mouth confession is made. Paul said the same thing in 2 Corinthians 4.13. He said, he said, as it is written, we believe, therefore we speak. 
So what I'm saying is, what's in the heart? Jesus, as I said a while ago, he said, what's in the heart and abundance comes out of the mouth. And so Jesus is saying here, when we have genuine, true faith in God, that faith will speak. We've got to declare what we believe. We talked about it there in the Sunday school this morning from, from uh, Psalm 107 and verses 1 and 2. Verse 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. There's got to be a declaration of what you believe. We've got to learn how Jesus talked to a tree and he told us, talk to the mountain. Tell it to go. Speak it in faith. Believe for the impossible. Make that declaration that God is bigger than your problem. Woo, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Mountains are never going to be removed in our life by just being silent, doing nothing. Or by speaking down in negativity. And we're going to be doing one or the other. We must speak what we desire and believe in line with the will and the word of God. Again, I'm not even going to get over on the foolishness about that that's been taught. We want to focus on the the truth of this. It's not just naming and claiming and blabbing and grabbing just anything and everything. It's confessing and declaring what God has said in his word about you, about me, what he has already declared and decreed. We must get in agreement with his promise. We must believe in his person. We must believe in his power. And we must speak the impossible. Praise God and believe for the impossible in our lives. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. You're going to have to speak to those mountains. Command them to go. Declare what the word of God says about you and about your situation. He said, say to the mountain, be removed. Be cast into the sea. Again, not a literal mountain, but the impossible situation that you're facing. The, the mountain represents an obstacle in your way. Something that's there that's impeding your progress, your development, or the will of God from taking place in your life. And I'm going to tell you, the devil is always there to put some hindrances and some obstacles and things in your way to try to stop. There's mountains, amen, that stand in the way all the time that we need to be using our faith to believe God to move those mountains from our lives. We need to boldly confess the word of God. And there's, advan- there's examples of this throughout the Bible. 
in our Wednesday night several weeks back talking about the power of the tongue from James chapter 3. We gave you examples of Joshua and Caleb and the, and the, the other ten spies and the unbelief of the children of Israel opposed to the faith of Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb, you know, they were the two that said, we can take the land. God has given it to us. We can defeat the enemy. Caleb said, give me that mountain. I want that. Give it to me. We can have it. But then on the other side, those with doubt and the, 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 the ten spies that infected the whole congregation by saying oh there's giants over there we can't take that land and everybody believed the negative report which God said was an evil report amen they were speaking against what God had told them they could have come on church it's time we wake up it's time we get rid of our unbelief it's time we get rid of our doubt it's time that we believe the word of God and declare what he said about our lives and about us we are able to go up into the country. Hallelujah, and possess the land from Jordan to the sea. God has given it to us through Jesus and what is ours. We must lay claim to the promises of God and command the mountains to go and declare the blessings and the benefits of Christ in our life. Woo, hallelujah. Amen? I got it. We can and we must boldly confess what God's word says about us and what we have in Christ and daily make our confession of the benefits of the cross that are ours through the blood of Jesus Christ. You must understand, you must believe that God can, and not only that he can, but that he will. Because here he says this, that he shall say and not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. There must be a belief. All believers must, we can agree and must agree that God can and will do what he said that he will do. And that needs to be our declaration. Praise God. It allows us to believe for the impossible. And, and, and that's a whole teaching in all of itself. But it also allows us to receive, and I'll close with this, to receive the impossible. How many believe that today? You can receive, believe and receive the impossible. And we don't see near enough of this in our lives today because we we don't put into practice these principles of mountain-moving faith that Jesus gives in these scriptures. Verse 24, listen. These are the words of Jesus. Verse 23, let me read them both together and I'll close with this. Verse 23, Assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. Why, why would you believe that they'll be? Because they're backed up by the promises of God and the power of God. He will have whatever he, whatever he says. 
Verse 24, therefore, because of that principle, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Therefore I, Jesus, say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. We, we have to believe something. What are we to believe? Just to believe that God's able, to believe that God's mighty, to believe that God can. We believe all those things. But Jesus said to get the prayer answered, we have to believe that you receive them. Believe that you got it. Believe that he answered. Here's where we all miss it right here. We want the shall have them. The shall have them is future tense, right? But the believe that you receive them is what? Present tense. I gotta believe something now when I pray. Am I making any sense? What do I gotta believe? I gotta believe, let me read it to you in the Amplified. Verse 24 in the Amplified says, for this reason I'm telling you that whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. Believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. You ain't got it yet, but you're believing that God has granted it to you and answered it and given it to you. Well, I don't have it yet. Well, I don't see it yet. Well, I don't feel any different. You gotta believe before you see. See, we're, 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 we're hung up in that. Yeah, we're backwards. Seeing is believing. I'm from material, you gotta show me. And that's not biblical faith. Biblical faith is believing it before you get it. Hallelujah. Well, somebody said, well, I'll believe it when I get it. Well, no, that's, that's no, but when you get it, when it get it, you won't believe it, you know it. You know it, you not got it. You gotta believe it before you receive it. And he said, believe that it is granted. This is what we believe for. We're believing that it's been granted. And this is dealing with the prayer of petition, asking God for something. When I worked for the school, Brother Jim, there he is. Brother Jim, you know, can attest to this, but the school, I don't know if they still, years ago, back in, the, back in the 90s, I guess it was, Mark and Denise were teaching back then, and, and uh, schools were always writing these grants. 
had these grants available, you know, to get energy grants and whatever. And I remember when they replaced all the windows in the elementary school. And, and they got this huge, the school district got this huge government grant to pay for these windows. And when, see, I'm about to have a spell. I'm trying to, when they got the approval of that grant, they didn't have the money in the bank yet. They got approved for the grant, but they went ahead and started purchasing the stuff and getting everything to put the windows in. Why? Because they had the money? No, they were going on the, on the word of the government. My Lord, if you can believe that, you ought to be able to believe God. Amen? They were on the word of the federal government that they were going to get X amount of dollars. So they went ahead and made plans. Come on, somebody. They believed that that was granted to them before they saw it. Listen, you got a heavenly father when you ask according to his will you can believe that he says if he promised it he said yes and you can stand on that and you can begin to declare it I believe God I believe he heard me I believe the answer's on the way I believe he granted it hallelujah mountain you gotta move out of the way Woo! hallelujah hallelujah worship team come on back I gotta hush